Welcome listeners to episode 33 of the Run and Guide podcast, where I aim to provide informative content and interviews with elite athletes and health professionals around the world, like in today's episode, where I'm chatting to a Kiwi, now based in Sydney, who has run some very solid performances on the track and the road over the last few months, and is looking towards running his first marathon on the Gold Coast this July. Welcome to the Run and Guide podcast, Sam Hopper. How you going, Hopper? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no, no, I've been looking forward to it, mate. Seen you've been out for your Sunday long run. How'd that go? Yeah, no, it was good. Woke up. I actually was feeling quite uh, run down this week, so okay. I was surprised I didn't snooze my alarm like I have for the rest of the week. But yeah, yeah, yeah got okay. out reasonably early, just before six, and got out for two hours twenty, and yeah. did a yeah, pretty much an hour forty, just like four oh four pace, and then did a bit of a workout, like a long pyramid in the last forty minutes. So feeling pretty good actually i've never had three gels in a long run so i'm trying to like muck around with a bit of nutrition before the gold coast and yeah. nah, i feel pretty good actually at the end of it covered yeah, about yeah. 36k so yeah 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 100 good. mile a week that's, that's what that would be a solid week for you yeah yeah yep. so it's quite a big week at work as well so yep. i work in a running shoe store in sydney called pace athletics so okay yeah it's a lot of a lot of standing around in retail so yeah it's not the best recovery, but it's certainly the best job I've ever had. And yeah, my bosses are pretty unreal with employing a bunch of athletes. So, you know, I'm buying shoes is in good hands. So it's it's good fun. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's normal work hours, like Monday to Saturday. Um, Tuesday to Saturday. Yeah, I have okay. Sunday and Monday off. So awesome. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And you no, sort of good. work your training around having that Monday off. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, especially yeah. on Sundays, I like to do my long run. Well, I could have slept in a bit, but no, I like to get it done when I know it's going to be a bit hotter, um, just a bit earlier. So yeah. and it's good I, having a day off afterwards. And you're with the, with the run crew up there with uh, Benny Saints' squad? Yeah, yep. yeah. Benny Saints has been looking after me yeah. for a couple of years now, which is good. Okay. So yeah. Got some solid results. Yeah. So your group yeah. run today was, was with some of the boys or on your own? Or? Oh, no, nah, I pretty much, pretty much do all of my training alone, majorly because of my work hours. Uh, rather than yeah, trying to tee up runs. Um, so some of my Tuesday sessions, I'll go to the athletics track with the crew. But yeah, trying to get to work on a Saturday morning when everyone does their other workout of the week, I generally just do solo sessions on a Friday, just to get it done a bit earlier. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what's what part of Sydney you're in? Uh, I'm in Greenwich, so I'm actually very close to quite a well-known oval called Gore Hill Oval. Yep. So quite a few runners in Sydney do sessions up there. Yeah. Um, so is that, it's is in that the one that has that stone bridge up above it? No, not North Bridge, uh, is oh, it? Oh, no, that's uh, – oh, I forget the name of that. Okay. Uh, but very close, yeah, okay. only a couple of K away from that. Uh, Tunks Park, that's it, Tunks right. Park. Yeah, yep. That's also a well-known park for people to do workouts at. And um, with, the, with the running stuff, have you – I mean, working in the running store, is that a new position for you? Have you been involved in retail before? Uh, no, nah, this is my first retail job. So I, when I first moved over to Australia, which was in about May, I was about 8th of May 2018. So I moved in and I was flatting with Benny Saint um, in Lavender Bay, just over by uh, Luna Park, by okay. the Harbour Bridge. Sure. And I actually went to the UTA or the Ultra Trail Australia taper night, which was held at a brewery. And Ben was one of the guest speakers. They had like a Q&A panel, I think, 
He was David Byrne and Lucy Bartholomew and a few other elite athletes that um, anyone signing up for the, the races could ask questions and have a beer and things like that. And yeah, Benny took me along there and I was having a beer with these two guys that um, I later found out had a running shoe store. And at the time, I was pretty much just walking around the suburb uh, where I moved into just with my CVs or my resumes trying to find work because yeah. I just booked the flight across because Benny had messaged me. I was in contact doing um, run crew programs by correspondence. And, um, yeah, he, he's like, wow, our flatmates moved out. So I ended up over here living with a dual Olympian, which was pretty awesome. And, yeah, yeah, I ended up having a beer with these two guys that own a store and the next day I went in for an interview and, yeah, started working at Pace Athletic and I've been there pretty much ever since. Unreal. All right, well, let's go back. Um, so what are you doing over in New Zealand as far as, um, as, as you're running? Um, so in my final two years of high school, that's mm. when I first started dabbling in a bit of running. So when I, when I say dabbling in a bit of running, when I grew up, um, my dad was quite a good distance running coach and I never actually got coached by him. So he coached uh, an athlete called Duncan Ross from my hometown in Wanganui, which is quite famous um, Certainly is. for Peter Snell breaking the four-minute mile world record there at Cook's yeah. Gardens. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Duncan Ross, he ran sub-29, I think, at Zatapec one year, maybe 1996, I think. So he was, like, top 10 placing there. So, yeah, Dad, Dad was a pretty good running coach, but I, I was playing soccer and rugby and softball and all the usual sports that you play as a young fella. Mm. And then, unfortunately, my dad passed away when I was 16 um, from cancer. And I I, don't, I think I kind of got into running as a way to remember him. Sure. And, okay. Yeah. And then I started running on the school track team as a steeplechaser. And there was... I just had this like fascination with doing steeplechase and a boy that had been coached by my dad had just returned from uni and he was doing his, I think it was like his placement for dentistry in Wanganui. And he hit me up and said, Hey mate, didn't go for a run. And I was like, Oh yeah. Kind of like not very motivated. And I ended up meeting up for a run with him. And then he's like, Oh, I reckon you could do a ride at steeplechase. And his name is Gareth Bennick. And he was actually a New Zealand junior rep for steeplechase. I think he raced in Australia as a uh, at a few uh, Australian champs for like New Zealand, and yeah, he ended up coaching me for a couple of years while I was at school, just in my final two years. And I went to um, secondary school nationals, did steeplechase, did a couple of cross country nationals, and I was always like a bit of a battler. I was near like the second half of the the field, like I was near a hundredth place, and mm. never really did very well in any of the secondary school champs um but i loved the sport and i loved getting out and i admired like seeing all the top guys at school like i was running a lot with um like geordie beamish in wanganui who's now running for the on running team and matt baxter would run against our school in just local races so now it's pretty cool to like know that some of those guys went on to ncaa champ yeah um like titles and then professional um, teams. So it's, yeah, it's cool. It's, it's, I wouldn't say motivating because I know I'm realistic with my talent level. They'll never get to like an elite level, but maybe even some sub elite times would be cool. And even those guys might look back and be like, oh, Hopper, oh, 
you've got like a, an all right time, better than when you're running at school. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then fantastic. I went to university yep. in Dunedin, so in the South Island uh, at Otago University and jogged a bit down there. I never really did any programs or set coaching or anything. So I was just jumping in the odd half marathon, did my first half marathon in Dunedin and then went to Christchurch and ran another one not too far or not too late after that one um so i was there for four years and what did you study at university uh physical education okay yeah i think from what i've gathered it's the equivalent of like a exercise science or exercise physiology right degree in australia yeah right i can't actually teach even though okay good physical education yeah right um but then yeah i didn't do any further study after that i moved to queenstown for two summers doing some seasonal work as a hiking guide which was actually this is where my eventual interest in moving to Australia occurred so I was doing this hiking job on the Rootburn and the Milford tracks um, for a company called Ultima Hikes and it was so much fun so we'd stay in Queenstown on our days off and then we'd be out on the track for anywhere from three days five days nine days and you're just pretty much hiking with people that have always wanted to do these these trips potentially um not able to do it by themselves and they're just like excited to be there and it's only six months so you bank up heaps of savings doing this awesome job and then you've got six months in between seasons that you can either do like a winter season or as in uh, like a A um, lifty or something yeah lifty or ski instructing which a lot of people stick around and do but I went traveling for a bit and then went back for a second season. Mm. And I actually, I actually went, I got off track one day and went to the local sort of outdoors store. And I think I was just buying something like a buff, like for my head, just because I'd lost mine on one of the trips. And I saw that they had this um, sign up for this running race the next day. And I'd never, ever done a trail race before. And it was this, I think it was called the shot over moonlight half marathon or marathon. And it's quite quite a well-known trail race in, in New Zealand from what I've gathered. And I was like, oh, I've got the day off tomorrow. Might as well sign up for this half marathon. I think I can probably cover 20, 20K all right or 21K. And I signed up, went out to this race. Um, can't remember what the name of the lake's called, where it was. Anyway, ended up coming second in this race. And I just picked my boss, one of the hiking bosses, who came third and the guy in first was Mile Backhausen. I think it's, hey, forgive me if I've mispronounced his name, but he's a Solomon runner, I believe. And I remember talking to him afterwards and I think Lucy Bartholomew had just won the um, women's marathon, which is okay. pretty awesome. Like the course goes along all these ridges and things. So yeah, yeah. it was pretty cool. But I was talking to him afterwards and I said, mate, how, how do I like move to Australia and get into running a bit more? Like, yeah. I'm enjoying the hiking, but I'm getting so unfit, like running once a week yeah, yeah. or once a fortnight. So, so what year is this now that we're talking? Uh, this must have been 2017. Yeah, the okay. year before I actually moved over. Yeah. And I, I don't know why, but I just had this, I knew deep down that I could give running a better nudge than what I had in the mm. past at school and uni. So, And I wanted to see what sort of times I could eventually do. So. Sure. He, he pretty much said, mate, I've got some friends in Tasmania that have a running store and and they do like run-guided trips 
have like the overland track and things like that so he gave me their contact and being like a pretty typical uni student being pretty lazy with contacting people i just forgot about it and i eventually i had left the hiking job and in between seasons i signed up for run crew and i was getting coached by uh, those guys and yeah eventually i was talking to benny and said hey mate i'll uh I'm pretty keen to move to Shaya. So if you ever hear of any like jobs going or anything, and then literally like it's probably like six months later, he messaged me out of the blue and he said, "Oh, hey Hopper, like I remember you mentioning you wanted to move to Australia. Our flatmates just moved out, so are you keen to fill a room?" And I was like, "I'll be there in yeah. May," which yeah. was like a couple of months later. So yeah, yeah. I'd actually booked a flight to Melbourne just to see my friends yeah. uh, from uni. So I went and saw them for a week, and then. A week later, I was living in Sydney. So that's pretty much the long-winded version of how I ended yeah. up in Sydney. Yeah. So, so you moved to Sydney. Um, yeah, obviously hanging out, hanging out with with Benny and getting that job at, at the store. When did you start? I'm just trying to think when you start really developing yourself as a as a runner. And was that something you set a one or two year goal? And and just trying to see where you are now compared to where you were when you first came to Sydney. Yeah. Um... Well, I, I think, like, I remember my first couple of weeks um, living here, I went for a jog just around, I think it's yeah, Bull's Head, which is like a little nature reserve, some trails um, near Luna Park or in that sort of area of Sydney, just yep. down from our flat. And I was running with Benny and we finished and I was like, mate, my arms are so lactic. And I remember laughing with him about how like unfit I was mm. considering I'd just moved in with this John Olympian. But he's so down to earth. He's like, mate, it's fine. <laughs> but then, um, yeah, I was doing probably 30K a week. And yeah. then it's crazy to think in nearly three years, now I'm doing like, like this one added 36K in one morning. And it's, yeah. I never... I don't know. I just have enjoyed living each day by day. So I haven't yeah. really looked back or looked too forward, yeah. to be honest. But I remember just with Pace, uh, Pace Athletic, the running store, I'd just go and do like fun Friday morning runs with a couple of the, the managers and my, my mates that work there just around the Manly Dam loop and mm. just just like got around all the fun runs that they do, do the run clubs that they have and was just enjoying it and I think I wasn't actually doing any run crew sessions for the first year I was just trying to get I was kind of embarrassed with how unfit I was to be honest and I was just trying to get fit enough to justify joining the group and not getting kind of embarrassed like in any sort of group or going along to any group not not just run crew but yeah once I sort of got fit enough and um, did some park runs and some like half marathons like the Sydney Morning Herald and things like that. I started getting coached um, by run crew and this, the depth in that growth is insane. Like you can't help by getting fitter going to the sessions because you've got like Joe Olympians up the front, people like Kieran Tool and Tom DeCano there as well. And it's, it's crazy. You just do like nine by a K or whatever the session is, 800s and you're, I, I was like probably 20th or 30th in the last session. I like crossing crossing reps just so far back the picking order. But yeah, you just you, I don't know. You just get fit and fit and fit. Yeah. So so what what sort of times were you doing in those um in those half marathons when you like caught the Sydney morning half marathon or whatever it was or the park runs just yeah. to get an um, idea. 
Actually, the first day I moved to Australia, mm. I did a park run around Albert Park in Melbourne, mm. and I think my time was like 17 minutes something. Mm. And I remember, I, I remember standing at the start, and I was like, "Oh, that's Dave Ridley. That's that like really quick New Zealand other ginger runner. That's mm. a marathoner, and I think he's he like works for Nike." And I remember seeing afterwards that he had smoked me in the in the park run and then he'd continued on and done like some 30 plus K workout. He just started his workout for a marathon with that park run. Yeah. Okay. And then I think, Oh, Blackmore's I ran a PB, uh, maybe an hour 15 or maybe, Oh, it was my first time going into hour 15. So it was an hour 14, something. Yeah. Um, yeah. and then I actually, had been to Tasmania for a fortnight and did the overland hike, came back and had obviously rested quite a bit just hiking around, not running. And mm. I think I ran 72 minutes on the Sydney Morning Herald course, which I found to be like the hardest half marathon I've ever done just because it's so hilly. But um, that was quite fun. And yeah. then, yeah, yeah I well, think then... just recently I've done like, probably times that I'm a bit more like, oh, I guess I can call myself a, a runner, a bit yeah. more of it like an athlete or yeah. along those lines. No, you're moving quite well. I mean, they're, they're quite some great times. Um, you, you're quite tall as a runner, aren't you? Uh, I wouldn't. No? I, I, what's I your height then? Thought, uh, about, in terms of centimetres, 174 centimetres. Oh, okay, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. It must be, what, 5'11 or something, is it, or...? Yeah, maybe. I'm not too not too good I with the conversion. Six six foot ish is about one eighty, so something. Okay, like, yeah. So yeah. a bit under that. Maybe one eighty four, yeah. but yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so no, nah, in the yeah, I feel like I'm reasonably short compared to some of the guys I race race in, um, in Sydney. Yeah, okay. So. Yeah, right, yeah. Let's let's talk about some of your PBs. Now, um I sort of uh, mentioned in the introduction you've had some pretty solid times. I can only go off um what well, athletics have um, down for you, and they're just the three probably, so all three of the most recent races you've done. In the last, yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's start with your three thousand meter. Um, you can we can chat about this. It's eight forty two seventy five at Sydney, yeah. and that was twenty first of November last year, two thousand twenty. That's, uh, yeah. that's quite a good uh, time. I was pretty stoked with that because yeah, that was the time that got me a IWF or a World Athletics profile. Yeah, okay, and just. Amongst like all the some of the boys I train with, I was like the only one that didn't have a profile. Yeah. And the funny thing is, I really love road racing and I love yeah. long distance stuff. Yeah. So in terms of training, I really can't get up for the like the track sessions and yeah. the workouts. But the long runs, I love doing a little faster than easy, but mm. not super hard. So yep. get rolling in those. Yeah. So I hope I'm destined for a good marathon or half. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's funny that a middle distance event is what actually got me the profile. Yeah. But um, yeah, I I guess I I went in not very um nervous for that one because I knew I was going to get pumped by all these fast guys. Um, uh, so I pretty much hung off the back of this group, and I I think it might have been like the C race or something at the state champs for New South Wales state champs, and I was like, ah. Oh, one of my training mates, Zach Johnson, he he's way faster than me, um, and he was in that group, so I knew as a gauge to be no way near him. And I just sort of ran, I think, reasonably even splits just off the back of that group, and then yeah, kicked down and 
I think my previous PBs were like 9.14. And then the year before this race, I'd done 8.56 at the same meet. Mm. And that was such a horrible way to run it. I think we went through in like three flat and then 3.0. Oh, six or something and then like at 251 or something like that yeah so it was like a very big kick down at the end which was not very nice for my legs yeah i was pretty pretty happy with 842 hopefully i can lower that over the next few years but sure yeah. it's it's a good starter i guess yeah and how are the pins going absorbing the the spikes they're all good yeah oh yeah. that was wearing the um the dragonflies okay. they were I think the year before I wore some Saucony endorphin spikes, like one of the yeah. lightest pieces okay. of footwear I've ever put on, and there's like nothing to them. And yeah. I majorly got them because they're fluoro orange, so they match my hair color. Sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, the dragonflies, they just feel like they're so nice. They're mm. just just like a vapor fly next percent for, mm. for the mm. track. Yeah, unreal. All right, 5,000 meter. Uh, Albie Thomas in Sydney, 19th of December. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. What is it, four weeks Four weeks after your 3,000, 15, 20, 61. Yeah, um, that's actually a really funny story about that one. So I, a week earlier, so six days earlier, I'd just been to Launceston and i just finished, I just ran a half marathon PB in, on that race and I was out having a beer afterwards and I saw that, um, entries were going to close on the Monday for Albie Thomas. And I thought, oh, I better, just before I forget, I'll enter the 5K just to do one last race while we've got races in 2020. And I entered, I think, the community race because I, I thought there was just the Inside Running podcast and then the community race. And I was thinking, I'm definitely not, like, I'm not sub-15, so I can't actually enter that one. But then enough people... I think pulled out because of the Northern Beaches um, COVID cluster. Yep. So they were, <laughs> I entered uh, and got put up into that Inside Running podcast um, race and turned up on the day. And it's my my luck. I've had such bad results over the 5K distance on that track in Bankstown. So it's always a thunderstorm when I race there. And I turn up, I'm warming up with, Matt Cox, um, who's one of my training mates at Run Crew, and Aiden Hobbs, he was on the start line as well, I think from Queensland. And there's literally just three of us standing there. And I was thinking, oh no, this is going to be so embarrassing. But again, I was kind of like, oh, I'm pretty shattered from this half, which I didn't really give enough credit how, how much a road half marathon can take out of you. Mm. But I knew my PB was so weak. Um, in the 5k that I should be able to run a PB and I was like oh just go out reasonably easy and you should be able to just evenly tick away but then I went went through way too quick with those guys um, and then blew up pretty bad which was expected if I was going to try and hang on to the likes of Aiden Hobson and Matt, um, Matt Cox but yeah what, what were yeah, they running that, 68s or uh, 70s or yeah I really can't remember now yeah. I'm yeah. trying to forget it because I remember yeah. I remember standing at the start line and there was prize money for this and I was yeah. thinking this is going to be the first and probably the only prize money I'll ever win yeah. and it was all I had to do was finish the race and okay. I remember getting to 2k and I thought wow I am feeling every step of Launceston half right now yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it was yeah it was fun it was fun to finish with another PB even though it's not as as quick as I'd like 
yeah. next to my name. But, so what, what was the old PB? Uh, I think it was 1529. Oh, okay. And then I had a really bad shocker out at Bankstown again. Yep. When I ran like 15.40 and I'd gone out and like, I think the first 200, I just rocketed out in like 32 seconds yeah. and had like 30 meters on the field. And that was a very embarrassing blow up. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, the 5K is one of the harder events I've found. So yeah, yeah. maybe yeah. post-marathon training, um, you'll probably go sub 15, I reckon. So Yeah, I've heard like yeah. a lot of my mates that have done a few marathons, they're like... Yeah, you get this this surge of uh, fitness after mm. the marathon, which yeah. I'm I'm probably more excited for that than completing <laughs> the marathon distance. Yeah, yeah. As long as you're patient, you don't try and do it within a week of finishing the marathon. But yeah, <laughs> and then your yeah, body gets like strong again, season. and yeah, it's it's yeah. amazing um, what you get just from doing the longer Ks. I'm sure you're definitely going to find that out. All right, let's talk about uh, that that half marathon you did in Lawney um, the weekend before you ran your PB 69.48. Well, that, that must have got you in the top 15 that time or yeah i should know all okay. my placings and things but mm. um yeah um i'm not too sure what i came back mm. I, I turned up at that race i'd i'd had um a pretty good taper i think um but i i knew i knew deep down i really wanted to break 70 minutes and mm. i'm usually pretty self-conscious with my like how what sort of form i'm in mm. I, i'd usually say like oh uh, hopefully I'll break 71 minutes, even though I might be fit enough to break like 70 minutes. So I went in and I was like, okay, just, just try and break 70 minutes. And then in my head on the day, I was like, oh, I'm feeling pretty good. Maybe I could, if there's a group, maybe I could like go sub 69. And after 5K, I was running with this one guy and we were just ticking along. Um, and then he sort of fell off and I was like, oh, no there's no one around because it was a reasonably elite field up the front like very elite up the front and everyone was kind of spread out in that first um top, that top 10 top 20 so you couldn't really run with anyone if you fell off so the next sort of 16 and a bit k after the 5k mark i ran solo so it was a bit of a mental grind mm. uh, especially after the so it was, it was very flat. That course was insane. So 5K, you have like a little hill over this bridge and then you just run along this highway out to about 13K and you yeah. turn around. Okay. But the turnaround is up this huge hill. I remember I'd I'd been there maybe a day before, but I hadn't looked at the course whatsoever and I didn't realize that the turnaround was up this massive hill. So you go up and like on Strava, I know it's social media, but it does not do it justice because yeah. obviously you have like net gain in a kilometer when yeah. it has like plus or minus and yeah 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 that hill took it completely out of me and then you had a headwind from the bottom of that hill back to the finish line so I was really like I was probably running like seven to ten um, seconds per k slower on the return. Yeah, but it was quite cool. Up about a kilometer up the road, I could see Nick Earl, and I was like, "Oh, it'd be such good chat if I if I catch Nick Earl." Um, but I didn't. He he had enough in him to be a decent amount in front of me. Yeah, by the yeah. finish line. But I was I was pretty stoked. I was kind of relieved. I I was kind of gutted. It was only twelve seconds under seventy minutes. But I'm I was still stoked to be going oh, back yeah. to Sydney yeah. with a sub seventy. Definitely, so, yeah. Sixty nine yeah. looks a lot better, mate, for sure. Yeah, and were yeah. you were you running that opening half on feel? Were you running off your watch, or how were you sort of? Yeah, I 
it's funny because like I stupidly look at my watch quite a bit when I run and today I actually changed for this longer run I changed the interface so it was literally just lap time and mm. that's all I could see mm. rather than like pace and all of that and it made such a difference but yeah like in that race I just ran to feel I had my watch going but I never I think probably looked at it maybe three times and majorly in the last 5k because I was like oh I was doing the math I was like oh today's not gonna be a sub 70 but yeah it was good when you you get up there's a little lip um I think with like 200 meters to go you finished along this gravel path in front of you run along this bank and there's like this tiny little lip to get up onto it and I was running so hard. I was worried I was going to trip over going up there. And I remember looking at my watch and I'm like, oh, I've got a minute to get to the end. And I <laughs> got there in like 48 seconds. So I was pretty stoked with that. But yeah, yeah that, it was quite weird. I, I've had very few races, like track races, I try to never wear a watch because they've got electronic timing. And yep, yep. I see so many guys in like race photos stopping their Garmin over the finish line and I'm just like, come on, guys, like just run through the line and check races. Maybe in road races you can worry about your watch a bit more. But mm-hmm. I saw you up at the, at the Sun Run. What's oh, 21st? Was it two weeks ago maybe? Uh, the, uh, oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, the D. Water Manly. You got second there behind your training partner, Matt Cox. Um, yeah. That was a good run. Um, yeah, I didn't expect that. I was uh, – yeah, I pretty much entered very late because I was initially going to do the – 5,000 meter champs the state champs that night yeah yeah um but then yeah I talked to Benny and I was like I really don't want to have like another 5k shocker and I'd way rather do a road race now that I've like set the goal of doing uh, a marathon this year yeah and yeah pretty much entered and I was yeah because I was super late to uh enter I got put in like one of the further back groups Mm, mm. and I was I, I wasn't able to get like a seated start Okay. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, after like a couple hundred meters, I was I was pretty much with the front guys, especially that start up that hill. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah there's a, there was a few people that went out a little too hard. I remember like there's a big downhill after that, but yeah. the, the couple yeah. of hills later in the the course is what you've got to sort of prepare for. Yeah. But I had a good tussle um, with the guy that came third. I think his name's Owen. Um, so we sort of Owen ran Green. together. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That, yeah. So we sort of ran um, neck and neck for majority of it, and he sort of took off just before the last hill, maybe at like eight kilometres, mm. and it's quite a big hill, and you go up a few streets that you go around the corner and you go up another bit of the hill, yeah. and then there's probably like three or four of those sort of yeah. corners, and I sort of I was thinking in my head, Oh, he's hurting just as much as you just run as hard as you can up this hill and i sort of broke him a little bit and then i was thinking oh this is going to be a repeat of the year before when or i can't remember if it was a year before because of covid maybe two years ago when um my old flatmate and workmate liam wilford another kiwi he <laughs> caught me at the top of the hill and then he boosted past me and we were sort of i think we finished like maybe seven seconds apart Yep. But I was thinking in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, it's going to happen again. Yeah, yeah. But I was, yeah, I was lucky enough to run hard enough to keep keep him off. Yeah, yeah, it was yep. pretty. So I wore the um the year before I wore the Nike Vaporfly Next Percents, mm-hmm. which are obviously insane. But then this year I wore a pair of the Saucony Endorphin Pros, and mm-hmm. 
I really liked liked the ground feel of those. They they don't feel as foreign as the the vapor flies. You can sort of sink in in the foam a bit more, and yeah, they were quite aggressive around the corners. Like you could sprint out of the corners a bit more because there's a few hairpins on that um, that course. Did you yeah. find? How did you find it? Had a dodgy hammy, so I had to be careful I didn't blow up it on going up that first hill. I thought my race could yeah. be over 300 meters in, um, but no. <laughs> look, I, last time I ran it was 2015. Um, so I was glad to get up there. I normally work Saturday mornings, and it's a bit Saturday morning race, so that's normally why I haven't done it. But um, due to COVID, like a racing, um, I thought, bugger it, I'm going to head up. I grew up up there, actually, so i still got family and friends oh, yeah. up there. So I thought, you know, a good weekend, because I haven't been up there since October, um, especially with the northern beaches shut down. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, I thought I'll, I'll head up there and, and do the run. And, um, yeah, it, it was a good run. I mean, considering a couple of weeks before um, it was shut down, it was fantastic that they actually got the race up and going. Um, yeah, that's uh, it. Like, 3,000 people. and um, it You was, just got to jump at every race you can get to. Yeah, you days. do. You do. And it was it and was the good... way they're, um, they're holding them is incredible. Like, they had, like, stickers where everyone had to stand. So they're definitely... Yeah, doing well with the the COVID measures. Yeah, so. they, they pretty much have to make sure they tick all the boxes yeah. there, um, and that that allows you know us to have other races in the future, and um, you know they can say you know look they got Sun Run right, so we can um, let them progress from there. But so there is yeah. there is I guess a bit of responsibility for for the um, you know race management and directors and organisers to get it right. Yeah, to tick sure. all those boxes. But yeah, I, I thought I thought it, it was a good run. Um, We've actually had a lot of humidity here in, in Canberra, so uh, normally when I go back home and uh, and race, is like, uh, geez, it's humid. It's, uh, <laughs> so luckily, I mean, it was a humid morning, um, yeah. but uh, I've sort of been acclimatised uh, to it because of the humidity we've had in Canberra, which I, I love the humidity, um, but it makes it a bit tougher on race day, doesn't it? That, um, yeah, for sure. It's a slight, slight nor'easter blowing, which worked in our favour rather than subtly because uh, there's yeah. a couple of sections there would have been a bit nasty. Uh, but yeah, that, yeah. that roller coaster section through Harbour Chops um, took it out of me. I lost thirty seconds on that K, and I never got it back. And uh, yeah. that that final stretch, I was just looking for the for the uh, finish line. I'm looking for that arch across the road. I thought, where is it? You know, because oh, oh, that final mile. It just I took forever. Thinking, I thought you're kidding yeah. me. Because I thought once I went over the bridge and past Queenscliff Surf Club, maybe five or six hundred meters. I looked down at my watch yeah. and I thought, oh no, I've still got a mile to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's yeah. a it's. I quite like it though. Like. I wouldn't change it. Yeah. It, it really, like, if it was a close race, it would really show who wants it oh, more. Because sure. I really considered just stepping. I've never pulled out of a race, but yeah. I was considering it. <laughs> I was like, oh, if he passes me, if Owen passes me, like, good on him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. don't have it in me today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was a bit like that. I heard some guy, I, I got him at the top of those hills you were talking about, and um, I heard him coming coming for me down that finishing straight and i thought he can have it because i just can't respond you know <laughs> give him a pat on the back well done mate because i just like you're gone you're gone you know what i mean so yeah, yeah. it goes through every runner's mind <laughs> yeah yeah for sure all right so you're talking about um the marathon the goalie we did you mention about a half as well before that or yeah i've actually never been to canberra so oh, okay. i was thinking over the next couple of weekends i might shoot shoot down um do like a couple of long runs on the Sunday. So I might yeah. actually be in touch for a run. But yeah. um yeah, I I think I might jump in the Canberra half. I sure. should probably enter that very soon. Just mm. as like a, a tune up race and Yep. Uh yep. yeah, I don't know. I haven't really looked at any other races leading up to Gold Coast, but Yeah. Well I mean I, whether you, you venture down for it, but we have a half marathon here um on March must be fourteen. 
um, okay. four, four weeks before Canberra Marathon. So um, a lot of us use that as a good hit out um, for the marathon. Um, yeah, okay. But, Could um, be a good good one to do as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Western Creek Half Marathon, quick Google, you'll find it. Um, but, yeah, that, that's a good one. Um, yeah, so so the half at Canberra, um, and would you, like, try to – would you race that or use it as, as, a, as a training training run? Oh. As in, you know, you wouldn't yeah, back nah, off definitely, your load too definitely much? Definitely race it, nah. I'd okay. race it oh, in yep. terms of tapering. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm pretty used to, like, turning up. Right, like with a bit of lead in my legs. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. I I kind of don't mind training right up until races because yep. I haven't really had too many races recently during obviously because of COVID mm, that yeah. I've I'd rather put like a a good year's worth of mileage sure. in. Yep. Um, and then do a good marathon, then taper it every few like every couple of weeks for yeah, yep. for a race. Yep. So I always make sure I had a hundred K in a race week. Like if I had those yep. sort of like 5,000 meter races or like yep. Launceston and whatnot. But yeah, I, I get, I don't know. I kind of don't like those weeks. Like I love racing of course, but I really like doing my mileage and my routine each day. Like yeah. most days doubling and yeah. 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 I, I'm the same. Maybe a lot of Saab, we, we love to, uh, to our routine and we've got a certain um, numbers we want to hit and uh, yeah. when you race you lose time coming in and then you lose time coming out yeah. so there's there's a fortnight where you've dropped but obviously you get a lot of fitness and strength um, out of racing Yeah. Um, and yeah. pretty much we train to race, we all love to race but yeah I'm the same as like oh man I'd love to just keep maintaining what I'm doing so <laughs> uh, you got to love putting and the bib on. Runners, yeah runners love like stats and doing their routines and things so i don't know i like seeing like a nice big week of training that i can look back on and think okay yeah i'm ready like when it comes to race i can yeah. look back on my long runs or my workouts and think okay i'm i'm ready try and convince myself that i'm ready yeah. um how did your body absorb you know as obviously over the years the progression's been on how's your body been absorbing it and and how do you go about you know knowing when, when to back off? Has that been a bit of a learning process for you? Have you had any injuries that have been a problem? or? Yeah, that's a good question. So um, I'll tell you a bit about my last sort of year-ish. So at the start of the pandemic, I was flatting with Benny and, and Katie, his fiance, who's another run crew coach, and one other guy that's not a runner, and Liam Wolford, another Kiwi. Um, so he works at the running store as well. So he did... Gold Coast Marathon last year and ran like 2.30 and he rang me one day at work and was like hey mate um, probably gonna go home because of the pandemic like just as a precaution this is when things are really kicking off and mm. the just before New Zealand went into lockdown so um, yeah he he pretty much like two days later just flew back to New Zealand packed up and flew home and it was such a weird time everyone was sort of like didn't know what was happening with jobs and things like that. So I, in the end, decided to do the same just as a measure. Like I shot back to New Zealand, but Liam had landed just before the lockdown. So he got to isolate at home. Um, but I landed after 24 hours after the lockdown. So I went into an isolation hotel um, or a quarantine hotel for two weeks and then spent two weeks at my mum's house in Whanganui. And it was it was miserable. It was like two weeks of, mm. of being in a thunderstorm. Like the weather was not nice, and I just really missed Sydney. 
and the nice weather, like the humidity and all the running locations from from home in Lavender Bay. And I ended up, I talked to my bosses at Pace and they were under the pump. Like everyone was buying running shoes because gyms were closed and things like that. So I rang like home affairs here and they were like, yeah, you've, you can come back. Like you pretty much live here. So you've got all the documents and things. So I came back over to Australia like four weeks later mm. and spent two weeks in a hotel here. Wow. That was a very stressful six weeks and yeah, yeah definitely yeah. interrupted my training. But <laughs> this is something I definitely learned, I think, about my body is that I was extremely frustrated being in a hotel room for two weeks, not being able to run. And I was getting a bit of a bit of a hard time on Strava because I was uploading these like these um, YouTube like Pilates workouts and things like that, just trying yeah. to stay sane in the in the yeah. room. But yeah. I think it was a blessing disguise because leading up to that, I was doing a few hundred mile weeks and absorbing them fine. Um, and then yeah, I, I took two weeks completely off running, and then. I think it was like I got out on like a a Saturday morning at like 1 a.m. or whatever it was, went for a t- like a 10K jog that day and then on the Sunday did another 10K jog and then every week since then, which is something like 41 weeks, I've averaged I think about 145K. So I still haven't had a day off and that was sometime May last year at some point and I, I think, I don't know how – I've done it, but I think it's because I rotate my shoes so much. Like I've had yeah. a ridiculous amount of shoes. Yeah. It helps helps working in a shoe store. Like it's kind of dangerous because you're buying shoes all the time. But <laughs> um, yeah, and I majorly do like 95% of my running, oh, probably even more on the road. Yeah, um, okay. And yeah, I'd say like solid mileage. So and reasonably fast, I think. I, yeah. I don't know. I think my I always get a hard time for my recovery runs being pretty fast. Yeah. And my my long runs being reasonably fast. Yeah. But if you're um, going off perception, like perception wise, the easy runs they do feel easy, or are you still trying yeah. to keep the pace up? Yeah. No. I just <laughs> I I I've never really listened to music until uh, moving to Australia. Like when I when I run. Um, yeah. And I quite like like house music or like upbeat sort of yeah. electronic music. And yeah. I, I suddenly listen you're to doing the... sub four minute k's. Yeah. <laughs> it's like oh, oops, yep, I'm yeah. running uphill at sub four phase. I should probably simmer down. Yeah. Maybe I should change my my genre of music and yeah. maybe I'll yeah. recover yeah, some... a bit better. SBS chill think... out's pretty good, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been um, pretty fortunate though in terms of injury wise. Okay. Um, yeah. Had the the odd niggle. Um, yeah. Like I think a couple of years ago, I had like a tight hip flexor a little bit, mm. and I had a few days off. But yep. um, yep. in the last yeah last forty odd weeks, my major injury was rolling my ankle. Um, probably oh, it was actually ten days before the sun run. So I strike like I'm a quite a bad supinator, so I strike really laterally on my forefoot. So it's yeah, not the most shock-absorbing way to strike. And mm. I hit a – I was kind of actually watching another runner. I was watching him run down the middle of the road. And he, he was like – not like a, a distance runner athlete. Um, he was more of just like a gym gym sort of guy build. Mm. Mm. And I was like, oh, all right. He's got a good running style for like his size. And he, I was watching him and I wasn't watching where I put my feet. And I rolled my ankle on a tree root coming through the pavement. 
And I remember I rolled over and just kept hobbling for like 50 meters. And I was so embarrassed because like all these people around and that runner had seen it. And I like sort of stumbled and kept running on it. And yeah, it, it got so swollen. And I love my long runs and I never cut my long run short. But I had to cut my long run probably 30 minutes short yeah. because it was in that much pain. Yeah. Um, and yeah, for like towing the, towing the line at um, Sunrun, I sort of had heaps of Panadol and Nurofen that morning just <laughs> sort of mask the pain a little bit. And I don't know, it's probably probably pretty dumb. Like my ankle's still kind of swollen a little bit, but the pain hasn't been there for weeks. So I actually had a little bit of an arch, a uh, bit of arch pain on the other foot. So I might've been compensating a bit, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I think like if I'd done any damage, it's, it's done and potentially healed. So mm, yep. it's about as bad as it's got. So I've been yeah, very okay. lucky with... Um, yeah, I don't know how I've managed running on the road so consistently for yeah some some big ish weeks like hundred mile and then I think my biggest week was one hundred ninety k yeah a yeah. few weeks ago so yeah, yeah I mean yeah. obviously we're all different and some of us yeah. are a bit lucky with our biomechanics the way we land and the way we load and um, yeah so exactly. yeah no that's good you know considering you know like you said so many kilometers on the road with your with your shoe rotation is. It, are you just trying to give the shoes a rest, or are you playing around with your with your um, heel to toe drops and stack heights and that, or is yeah, it just... um, I've, I mean, as shoe tech is getting better, like it's it's kind of funny how in twenty twenty we had no races, but it's probably some of the coolest shoe tech we've ever seen come mm. out. Mm. Um, like I remember when the Nova Blast model came out from Asics, I was frothing that shoe so much and I've still got that in my rotation every now and then. And then um, the New Balance like 1080, mm. uh, V10, and mm. then the 880, just some like real, real mellow daily trainers mm. that I've just, they're like my workhorse shoes. And every now and then I'll treat myself to like my endorphin speeds on like an easy run. But mm. usually I just wear them for my workouts and my long runs. But I've yeah. got a few pairs of those. Been wearing a lot of Saucony recently. Um, yeah, you find the speeds. I mean, today was the first time I've used the speeds in a long run tempo, and um, yeah, I was interested to see how it go. But it, it they, they seem to hold up pretty well over the long runs, don't they? It's not necessarily just a tempo shoe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're extremely durable. That's mm. one like, for, I'm fortunate enough to be exposed to a bunch of different models throughout the year as they come through the running store, um, and. I, I wore my first pair, the Mutant White colorway, the the initial color drop. Mm, mm. I wore them for, I think I'm about 10K short of 900K. Um, wow, okay. And because I strike in probably one of the weaker parts of the shoe, like the mm. lateral forefoot, that's mm. why I generally go towards a, a cushioned, reasonably high stack at the forefoot. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was just blown away. And then I've had a couple of pairs since. Yeah, they are, they are seriously my favorite shoe of all time. Um the Vaporfly next percent is obviously unreal to, to race in when it's quite long stretches of road. But, yeah, the Endorphin Pro obviously is just a speed with a stiffer um, yeah. plate in it. Yeah. So yeah. it's quite nice around corners and things. Mm. So yeah, I got yeah. the Pro about six months ago, and I've only done one run in it. Um, I I can't move away from the next percent at this stage. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Every time I run in that shoe, generally, um, back in 90 <laughs> when I was running well, it was just a, the PB shoe, and from <laughs> yeah. five to marathon, it was just ridiculous. Um, 
so yeah I'm, I'm sort of biased towards it so i got the pro because um you know i heard so much about it but i probably need to yeah. do some more runs in it to um to find it but i guess when you when you're running the vapor fly you're just used to that really nice feel and i guess yeah. i was i was disappointed <laughs> wasn't getting that but i understand a lot of people say it's 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 better for maybe half marathon and under they the way yeah. they've described yeah. it to me is they feel that once they get their speed up just probably that rocker in it um they just seem to be able to hold their cadence up it's sort of like it just keeps promoting them into that nice toe off position yeah yeah um, for sure it's it's funny how i i don't even know if sacconi would have predicted that effectively their their tempo workout shoe was going to be so much more popular than their plated version yeah yeah um and it's very similar to the brooks range like with the version one of the hyperion elite when the foam came out in the Hyperion Tempo and that was a better foam than they had in the Elite. It's again the same story, like the training version effectively was yeah. more popular. Yeah. So and we're seeing that with Nike as well. Like the Alpha Fly is obviously all of the Unreal tech that Nike has all in one shoe. But I think the insane feel that you're describing in the Vapor Fly next percent is kind of lost with the high stack in the yeah. um yeah. the alpha five so it's interesting to see a bunch of elites yep. like a lot of the east african guys are still gravitating towards the next percent exactly right it's their exactly race right. issue yeah yeah no a lot of them going they're still running those green and pink ones um <laughs> yeah. so no one wants to move on to them and i, I think um <laughs> i mean once you crank up the case on them you can still use them as a training shoe um i, I, yeah. I don't know if you yeah. should run in them all the time i love the feel of you know putting it on on race morning and just getting that, oh, yeah, here we go type feel. So if you're yeah. training in all the time, you'd probably lose that perception. But, um, <laughs> the special the special effect, yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, yes. We'll move on <laughs> off shoes, but just one more thing I'd like to say is, yeah, the best thing about Nike bringing in that, uh, that, that 4%, that next percent, and this technology in these uh, in this uh, foam midsoles and that is it just really got all the other shoe uh, makers, um, you know, a kick up the butt to catch up because, like you said, I'm just excited as you are and probably everyone else about the shoes that are hitting the market at the moment. And um, it's more than just hype. I um, mean, we can feel how they um, yeah. how they perform and more so with these rubbers, especially with the, the vapor flies, how easy your legs pull up. Um, you know, like the city to surf last 2K, you destroy your legs on the downhill. <laughs> Normally, I don't walk for a week. Um, yeah. Where the vapor flies and you're just out doing an easy run that, that afternoon, you know what I mean? So That's exactly it. So not yeah. only do they perform well, but it just seems to save the pins so much so much better. I guess that's the whole idea of it being a marathon shoe, that it saves your legs in that final 12K when things are normally starting to hurt. So, um, But, yeah, so, yeah, good on good on Nike for doing that. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, it was the race for Tokyo, um, everyone trying to um, – really um to ramp up the technology and try to catch up but um now you know now we know that they weren't in, um wasn't such a rush but yeah again it's, it's great what uh what's coming out on the market um not sure yeah, where they go sure. from here rather than just um sort yeah. of gimmicky stuff but um i think we might see hopefully with the athletics track regulations with their yeah. i think it's 25 millimeter heel stack height yep, yep i might be wrong there but um mm, mm. i think we'll probably see a resurgence of um, low stack models with the super foams in them so like yep. your nike streaks or your um type a's from Saucony, but just yeah. with the super foams yeah 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 i love the type a it's it's still um, yeah, in my rotation it, it was my it was my uh, race shoe before um before <laughs> yeah. the new one came along and I, I just every time i look around the start line i thought why am i the only one wearing these does someone know, <laughs> no one know how good this shoe is 
but I think you do feel the road. So I think you got to. It depends on how you land. You got to be pretty light on your feet to wear them. But um, yeah. but yeah, okay. Let's talk about your marathon prep, mate. So off to off to the goal. Obviously, you, you've ran. Um, in my research, I've seen you've ran a couple of halves up there. So um, yeah, <laughs> stepping stepping up. Well, actually, how old are you? Uh, I'm 26. 26, right? Yeah. Yep. 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 A young puppy, mate. So, yeah. um, so the reason for stepping up to to the marathon is just that you feel that you're ready um, to move yeah, on. Yeah, I yep. think I think I know. Like, I know logically that the longer I run yep. and bank up years of consistency yep. before I do a marathon, will be better. But sure. I don't know. Seeing guys like Brett Robinson and mm. Jack Rayner at mm. a reasonably young age um, doing an incredible times. I was thinking, oh, mate, especially with the shoe tech, and yep. there's no reason why you can't just start it earlier mm. rather than later in, I don't want to say career, but your, your running journey, I guess. Yep. Rather than just starting your marathon after your road, shorter distances and your track stuff, Yeah. I was thinking, oh, I don't really enjoy being so far back in the track stuff, but I love, like, getting out really early in the morning training and doing like reasonable mileage for the marathon so why not I, t- I talked to ben and maybe like a year ago he was like yeah maybe maybe just do some halves and tens and then next year which is this year um look at the marathon so i was pretty excited when he said i could like go towards that because i i i have no time ex- expectation except yeah. that my mate willie that he yeah. had done a 230 and i was thinking ah. Oh, that could be like a good goal to try and go under two thirty for my first one. Yeah. Um, but if that doesn't happen, I don't. I, I'm really out of the loop with like pacing or how yeah. how foreign it's going to feel after sort of thirty two k. Like this morning, I think I've only ever done two runs that are about thirty six k. But I was super stoked this morning to feel like I could have certainly run the marathon distance. Um, I just need. To, I think the biggest thing for me is i do zero strength work i, I got a strava memory i think that it tells you what you did like a year ago or something and the last time i think i posted my workout at the gym from may 2019 everything happens in may by the sounds of it but yeah i haven't been to the gym since literally may two yeah. years ago yeah and i think that could be a big benefit if i and i've been told that by literally everyone that i should start doing some strength and also my nutrition i think my nutrition is very bad um in terms of probably under fueling quite a bit a lot of coffee but probably not enough food during the day before my double runs oh okay yeah yeah i think that's the big thing yeah yeah i mean it's i guess it's it's, that's what's exciting is you're going down a new pathway there and there's a lot to learn and um you, you may you may get it right your first time you may not but that's what it's all about and uh more than likely you've got plenty of marathons ahead of you so yeah like i said it's a yeah. learning process that's for sure and no, if you go into good. it with that with that relaxed approach it's like some first one i'm going to go out there and just yeah. see what happens that's that's, that's not a bad idea that's and last fun. year like I've, I've had a shocker i think last year i went into went into the half marathon very cooked in terms of my faster my easy days were a lot faster than what i'm running at the moment mm. like i'd stupidly like on a monday or a wednesday be doing four minute k's from the whatever run i had mm. and i turned up like pretty knackered and um 
yeah, I, I had a <laughs> dismal race, but the trip itself was insane. Like I, I stayed with Benny Saint in the um, elite accommodation and I was sitting at the table one night with like Yuki Kawachi and Zane Robinson and Ryan Hall and Benny Saint. And I was just thinking, wow, how, how did this little kid from Wanganui be sitting with like yeah, the yeah. American record holder and Yuki and yeah. oh, it was, it was insane. This and is then, up the goalie. Yeah, up yeah. at Goldie. So yeah. even though I had a shocker, yeah, it was yeah. probably like one of the coolest running-related experiences in my life for sure. Probably, but definitely. that's like one of the cool things is what I've found is like all the guys and women that I've met over the, my three years here yep. are so down to earth. Like all the elites are so down yeah, to earth. Like yeah. we, we just go as like young fellas up to Falls Creek just to like froth over all the elites up there and – just have fun for a couple of weeks training yeah. and yeah. you can just rock up for a double run in the afternoon and be jogging with like Australian record holders yeah. and like guys running at the diamond leagues. So it's, yeah, it's insane. Like, I, I don't know if that's, if you can do that in any other country, but like the, the cool thing is everyone's super helpful. If, if you want to reach out for advice on like Instagram or anything, yeah. like today I was talking to Millie Clark about, um nutrition for the marathon and gels and things and yeah yeah it's just like yeah world chance reps and things that you can just reach out to and they'll get back to you it's insane yeah that's that's it and um i mean you probably say like a lot of sports but yeah runners um fairly chilled out and i always think yeah. about the elite guys i mean like you say they're always you know um very chilled out and always um keen to have a chat and uh, i think it just you know, when when they're training, they're training hard, and they, they need to be able to switch off. And I think that that shows in their personality as well. They just are pretty relaxed and chilled out because it's the way of, of, you know, shutting out the intensity of the training and the running. And yeah, and I think it's unhealthy to live and breathe running all the time. You have got to have some sort of um something else going on. Oh, that's exactly it. Yeah. I I can't imagine if if you were so like single-minded if, if you got a really debilitating injury how much <laughs> it would it, it would suck, suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so with with the with the marathon up, up there on the gold so have you entered or yeah yep. yeah so, okay <laughs> i um it's a 6 30 start this year isn't it too they're starting a bit yeah, earlier it's actually one of the big reasons why i was like this is the year like yeah, finally because yeah. yeah. i think it was quite an odd arrangement initially because usually it's like the half marathons first yeah. and I think because there's a huge like Japanese viewing of it, right. the time, um, the time difference meant like it's better for the marathon to be later. I, I don't know if I'm making that up, right. um, but yeah, this year obviously it's it's a bit earlier, so yeah, I don't know. It's been pretty like being from New Zealand, going up and racing there. Even yeah. when I was at uni, like yeah. a couple of my mates and I, we came across and did the half just um very unfit oh i was very unfit when i did that but it's just like a trip away but i remember it being so hot and every year even though it's winter it's still very hot up there so i'm stoked about that 6 a.m start i entered i went to enter at 9 a.m i was straight on there like trying to enter and then nothing popped up so i i checked eastern standard time and it's like 10 a.m in sydney so I was an hour early, so I was ready to hit hit the button straight away. But I got in, and I was so stoked. I was it was right at the start of my shift that day, and I was I was pretty stoked all day. I was even telling customers like, "Sorry if 
10 a.m. comes, you're going to have to give me two minutes just to enter this race. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think because the half marathon, I'm pretty sure, used to be on the same day and it used to start yeah. early. But this year, the half marathon's on the Saturday. That's right, yes. Yeah, and yeah. They run the, I think they're running the 10 on the Sunday morning before the marathon, yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, it's going to be an awesome weekend. Yeah. Like, it's it's good fun. I know quite a few guys from Sydney going up to do that one. Um, yeah, I think it's the Australian then... Championships this year as well because Sydney. Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and then if that goes pear-shaped, I've got hopefully Melbourne, like, depending on how we all go, like, all the states go with mm. the pandemic, hopefully um, – yeah, Melbourne's uh, a backup if I have an absolute shocker in Goldie or don't finish or anything like that. But that's not going through my mind. I'm definitely going to try and finish strong in the Goldie. But, yeah, um, yeah yep. it's a couple of months after, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I'll so, at least do the half there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So in your mind now, your focus is like, okay, I'm going to basically transition into a marathon runner. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've always been fascinated with, like, I don't know. It's it's funny, like your average average person. It's like, oh, you're a runner. Oh, what's your marathon time? That's not the reason why I'm doing it, but it's yeah. it's funny how that's how like society looks as runners. Yeah. Like, oh, what's your your marathon time? But yeah, I've, I'm I'm happy. I'm happy with like what I've done over like the shorter stuff. I mean, they're very weak PVs compared to like three k and five k specialists. I'd love to like go well under fifteen one day yeah. and like. I, well I think you will. I, I think you definitely will. It's certainly what the way you're progressing in the other distances. And I don't know too many people. I don't ever know anyone that's come off marathon training um, and then haven't gone back and gone quicker, the shorter stuff. So yeah, yeah. I, I think it'll definitely come for sure. It's, it's cool cool listening to guys. Like you've interviewed um, Miles down in Wollongong. Yep, and yep. I've raced against guys like him um, yep. recently. And it's cool to hear him and his goals about going for like 220 like that's, that's pretty yeah. motivating to eventually I'd, I'd love in my lifetime to go like near 220 or, or under 220 just yeah, that would yeah. be unreal yeah it's 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 a it's a pretty number 219 isn't it like I mean, yeah most of, us, <laughs> well, most of us won't get there but yeah look it's uh and look the way you're going why not i mean just get goldie out of the way and then you'll just find you'll just keep um you know progressing from that but uh yeah. yeah, I mean, if you if, if you want it, you'll probably get it, mate. So that's yeah, it. just keep putting the miles together, the weeks together. Exactly, that's all you can do, it. and 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 keep yeah. staying healthy, mate. And uh, um, it, it, I mean, the Pace Athletic Store would be a fantastic place to walk in, considering that runners employed there. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, it's honestly well. Is it, it was it owned by? Is it owned by yeah. runners? Like, what's? The... Uh, no, actually, Will and Stu, they they're not um, distance runners, right. but. Yeah, they know so much about running and yeah. running shoes just okay. by yeah. being around it for years. I think it's seven years old now. Yeah. Um, and there's five stores currently. Okay. Um, well, as in yeah, five in, in Sydney? or In Sydney, yeah, just in Sydney wow. currently. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like I'd say 90% of the staff are distance runners and mm. a lot are in two running groups in Sydney, um, the Distance Collective. Okay. which is coached by Michaela McDonald, uh, who's a hawker athlete and uh, ultra trail runner, okay. and her partner, Tim Locke. Um, so, yeah, a lot of staff are in that group and then a lot of in run crew as well. Um, so it's it's very I, – I think the benefit of going into a store 
that has distance runners is that they approach like customer service from like a runner's point of view rather than a retail point of view. So yeah, sure. you're not like trying to push shoes out of the door essentially. You're getting like genuine advice and you, you're leaving with a suitable shoe rather than just buying it online and winging it sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. It's such a, it's such a fun job. Like mm. it's, I love going to work each day and That's it. getting to talk about what we do and just like making people's day. And we work with a lot of podiatrists around Sydney. So you actually like a lot of the time you're not, you're not actually serving a lot of runners. Um, people that are maybe wanting to start running or that they've seen a podiatrist cause they've got, uh, some sort of problem and with their feet and yeah you're you're changing someone's like year by putting them in like a correct shoe and it's yeah it feels pretty good when you're when you're getting someone out when they've been debilitated by like an injury or something like that so mm. yeah we we get to deal um uh, work closely with some good podiatrists like tom decano and like he's himself is a very good distance runner so now it's good to know that like a lot of the people walking through the door are in good hands or yeah. like through the whole process. Yeah, yeah. Hey, are you in the know with um, this um, Olympic qualifying for the elites that was going to be on in Sydney in April? Do you know anything about that, if that's not going to go oh, ahead now? Or? I've, yeah, I've not heard, I've not heard any like hard um, facts yeah. on it. Yeah. I've just heard people talking about it and yeah. um, like, I think I saw Ed Goddard's Instagram last night and in the video he posted, he was talking about him debuting at that event. So, okay, yeah, maybe the the guys invited to do it have a bit more, yeah, um, yeah, like intel, I guess, on, on where it is and when it is and everything. So, yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. certainly be going and watching. That'll be exciting. Oh, it would, yeah, April 18th, yeah, yeah the, the week after Canberra. Um, yeah, probably. Um, yeah, actually, I'm in Sydney. I, I actually, I, 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 from Avalon, mate. So, um, grew up on the okay, beach yeah. surfing and that. And I'll just, so this is, um, nothing to do with running, but, um, <laughs> uh, the world surfing competition, um, that's, um, that's on every year. Now, normally they have the events in, um, up on the Gold Coast and at Bells Beach over Easter and over at Margaret's, but they've changed the routine this year and we're going to get an event back at Narrabeen Beach, um, like the good old days. Um, oh, and nice. that's actually on that on that weekend when I'll be. So, are Sydney. you going to be competing in that? No, mate. No, I'm not no. a professional <laughs> surfer. Mate. I'll be down there with the kids. Oh, there's no, there's no uh, community surf event. Nah, mate. No, <laughs> nah, it's just the big dogs, mate. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. the big dogs. Yeah, no, we'll just be standing behind the fence trying to get a, a <laughs> selfie, mate, with Kelly or someone. But um, yeah, yeah. But no, that's that's exciting. Um, that they've actually got an event back at back at Narrabeen Beach after all these years and see the best oh, surfers awesome. up there. So um. So that'd be good. But no, I was just thinking, um, why did I bring that? That's right, because um, I saw uh, Liam Adams um, had a post and it's, it's, I might be way off here, but uh, he, he said something that he'd, um, he, he's been doing some huge training, you know, as he oh, does. Oh my gosh, yeah. And there His was a, mileage is insane. It's huge. It was, yeah, like mid 200s. <laughs> and um, yeah. But there, yeah, there was a, there was a comment now, I probably should have sent him a message, um, but anyway, he won't mind me talking about this, is that uh, <laughs> he said he was, he was, um, um, preparing for a marathon in April, hoping to improve on, on his spot, even though he's got the top spot, but just still hoping to improve on it, but it's been cancelled. So I thought, oh, geez, what would have been on in April besides that qualifier that Liam would have been thinking of doing? So that's why I just thought I'd ask you in case you'd heard something, but 
it, it may be nothing to do yeah, with that. Yeah, I'm a little little out of the loop on that, yeah, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah, was, yeah. What's the – is it um, Lake Biwa that's been cancelled in Japan? Maybe that's one that I, – I don't know what um, month yeah. of the year that is. Normally Biwa is early, February. Oh, okay. Yeah, it, yeah, it, may, it may have been – I didn't think he, he – I don't know. Would you go to Japan yeah, and do a marathon? I saw something on Facebook, and I remember seeing Yuki Kawachi was, like, yeah. commenting, saying, like, he's got it as well. Um, so I don't know if it's – Oh, right, yeah, so it might have been a Japanese race, another one. Maybe yeah. not Biwa, but maybe not yeah. one of the other ones. Okay. Yeah, I've probably, probably got my facts wrong, but yeah, I think that there's definitely a Japanese race that's been cancelled. Yeah. yeah, okay. Well, m- maybe that's what it was. Maybe he was going to jump on a plane. But, uh, yeah, because I was, I was, you know, a bit disappointed if, if um, Athletics Australia um, – had cancelled that race because yeah, it will be great spectacle and uh, give those other athletes a chance to possibly get a uh, a singlet to Tokyo. Yeah, so, yeah, that'd be exciting. Yeah, like yeah. it's it's unreal. Like Launceston was kind of like that. Like yeah, we hadn't had races for for months. Yeah, and the then depth was huge, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, that was yeah. pretty exciting to be there. Yeah. Like like the big dogs. <laughs> yeah, exactly, mate. Yeah, you had a bird's eye view there, mate. So yeah, <laughs> yeah taking your camera photos as you come on back the other way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, that'd be good. I was, I was guessing, where would they do it? I'm thinking maybe they'd do a loop course around, um, you know, up there around Centennial Park or something like that would make yeah. sense, wouldn't it? But um, yeah, that's pretty flat. Or like we often have races out at the Olympic Park, like yeah, there's the, yeah. the 10k. Um, I guess that's where they can control it and they'll have shutting roads and things as well that you've, you've got a bit of admin there. So, mm. but it's not far away, so hopefully they'll make something public yeah. soon. I guess they want to really make sure it's all going to go ahead and make some announcements and I'm sure there's some guys out there um, who know more about it than us but uh, yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah I'd say definitely all right Sam look thanks so much mate um, appreciate yeah. giving you time mate um, you're probably thanks due for much. a nano's nap like me I oh, know 26 year old you'd probably be out playing you know 18 holes of golf for Sabo if you weren't talking to me <laughs> nah actually I might have a snooze after this morning or I might have second lunch <laughs> yeah 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 exactly yeah, I'm getting the stomach grumbles myself actually um I just focus on hydrating after those long runs. It's just like get the fluids in. Um, otherwise, I just feel like garbage if I don't hydrate after them. Yeah, I just snack on uh, – well, I just sip on Hydrolyte just yeah, casually yeah. when I'm yeah. at work and just to stay hydrated. I just find like that's the biggest adaption I've had to make is staying hydrated compared to being in Dunedin where it was pretty much the eight months of each uni year we were in a puffer vest or a puffer jacket and – even sleeping in our puffer jacket, yeah. and now it's just like you're you're sweating perpetually up here. Yeah. So yeah, it's good yeah. though. It's it's you know there are some yeah. um, some benefits you, you get, get the out heat of it. gains over summer yeah. for sure. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, a lot like I said, I love it. Um, running marathons in it's a bit tougher, but uh, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I love the sweat dripping off. It's it's great. Mate, all the best. I hope it uh, continues the way it's been going, mate. And um, Yeah, thanks very much. If you come down here, um, I've got some army boots I can lend you and I'll put my vapor flies on and we'll go for a run. <laughs> go for a Sunday long run. <laughs> exactly, mate. But yeah, I'll make sure I weigh you down, mate. I'll, uh, and uh, yeah, look, I'll, I'll continue following along. You mind if I just whack some social links over there in the uh, description below? Maybe um, yeah, of you know, course, over to the mate. Gram and, and, uh, yeah. and to Strava and that? Yeah, for sure. Sweet. Thanks very much, Essen, for asking me on, even though my, my PVs aren't as elite. Oh, it doesn't matter, mate. That's what, it's, these podcasts aren't rated on how fast you are, mate, so it's all good, Hopper. Oh, it's good. Thanks, it was a great mate. chat. Take it easy. All right, mate. Thanks, mate.